Waro Golu. Eni kanida di soji agome loni agome niro lelo jojumani. Awolori emi depo amboni be. Iyo wuroi kuse leonori. Fwa dura ati bani ni yoju. Ekpe baba wa ni no luwa. Si ori eroi bani soroyi. 090-81-200-200. Bakono. Testimony Prophetic Link, Lori Facebook, Ati Baba Testimony 123, Lori Instagram, Jesu Lolua. Fresh FM, Abel Kuta 107.9. Fresh FM, 107.9, Abel Kuta. on the clock on Fresh 107.9 FM at Bill Kutai. Very good morning to you and welcome to Freshly Pressed. As we do on Freshly Pressed, we track stories for you from newspapers across the country and around the world. And I've got the one, the only, Hakim Karim in the building. Good morning. Welcome on board. Hello, good morning. How are you? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, so as we do, we're going to be checking stories from papers like The Punch, The Guardian, The Nigerian Tribune, and The Vanguard. Let's start off with a story from The Punch newspaper. This one's a warning coming to all of us from DSS. And basically yesterday was in the news that DSS again is warning that some people of scrupulous elements are planning and plotting ethno-religious violence in Nigeria. So that report was in the papers last night. And as of this morning on the Punch newspaper, CAN, that's the Christian Association of Nigeria, is warning DSS as agency restates plot on ethno-religious violence. Reading through the story, it goes on to explain the Department of State Services has again reiterated its warning that some elements were plotting ethno-religious violence in parts of the country. It noted that the masterminds were intent on exploiting the fault lines in the country to cause ethno-religious violence. This was contained in a statement on Wednesday by the DSS spokesman, Dr. Peter Afanaya, titled, DSS reiterates, call against violence. It noted latest developments indicate desperate efforts by these groups to subvert public order. In this regard, they have continued to resort to inciting, unguarded and divisive statements and acts. The objective is to pit citizens against one another in order to apparently inflame the embers of tribal and religious discords. For the opt-inth time, the service strongly warns these elements to desist forthwith, um, to desist forthwith, apparently, and um, the head of media and publicity, Ibrahim Aselemi, 
said this in a statement on Wednesday. The statement reads partly, We fervently appeal to these faceless yet-to-be-identified persons planning to subvert public peace and order in the country to sheath their swords. On our part, we shall continue to advocate for respect for religious beliefs of all and peaceful religious coexistence in Nigeria. We sincerely believe that we are greater together. We hereby call on the security agencies, especially the DSS, to fish out these enemies of the state and deal with them according to the law. But the Christian Association of Nigeria called on the DSS to stop playing politics with the security of the country. Can in a statement by Adibayola Digi, the Special Assistant, Media and Communications, said... We recall the, that the agency raised similar alarm recently, but how many suspects have been arrested, detained, and arraigned over the last one? All the killings in the country have been happening without bringing those responsible to book. Can calls on all those who are responsible for the security of lives and property of the people to wake up to their constitutional responsibilities. Sometimes, some suspects will be paraded before the camera, but their prosecutions remain unknown. This doesn't speak well of us as a nation. Terrorists, bandits, kidnappers and other criminals are not invisible and until they are being apprehended and successfully prosecuted, people will no longer have respect for those who are in charge of the security. Can wants DSS as agency restates plot on ethno-religious violence. So Khan is basically saying in January, on the 11th to be precise, you came out, you warned us in a similar fashion that there are some people planning ethno-religious violence. In February, you've come out to re-warn us of the same thing. And Khan is saying, how many people have you arrested, DSS, since January when you warned us the first time to now they are warning us the second time and that basically they should do the needful. Yes, I want to be very careful here. I think the can has done the right thing. The DSS has also done the right thing. Uh, however, can either of the two parties do better? I think um, the DSS, uh, the can has done what is necessary. I think DSS has done what they want to do. And uh, in my opinion, I think they can do more. They can do better. Um, I know for a fact that since I was an undergraduate, I know I, I knew since then that there's an agent of the DSS in virtually all local governments in Nigeria. And I know that most times they have an head to the ground. They have good sources of information, conventional and unconventional. They, they, have, um, they have a way of getting information. They know what is happening. And um, I know that every day, every day, there's a report from each uh, director of the DSS to the to, to Abuja, uh, I don't know who they send these reports to. I don't know what those people do with those reports. I don't know how they process this information. I don't know what they do with the processed information. But I'm not pleased with the state of security in Nigeria. I know the DSS is doing what they are doing. I'm of the opinion that they, should, they could do better. I'm of the opinion that in this age, that, uh, the DSS has not really done enough as per prevention. As per prevention, um, in this age, we, we, we should be practiced to the level that a lot of things are nipped in the bud. It's, there's a possibility that DSS has nipped some of these things in the bud. That's why they are coming out to tell us. Mm. And uh, we, may, we may debate it whether what they have nipped in the bud should be for public consumption mm. or not. They may consider it confidential and keep to themselves. But the truth of the matter is that in the totality, in, in, when you take the Nigerian security situation as a totality, the, we cannot say that the DSS particularly has done excellently well. 
maybe they may they may have done fairly good but not excellently well mm. particularly in nipping these issues in the board particularly in arresting these people we're here in this country when somebody said all fulani esmen in a particular area should leave has the ss called him to ask him what necessitated that necessitated that we are here in this country when some northern says so people in the north should leave. should leave they were not even invited do you understand and so i think the dss will do better if it tries to take itself to the level of the m15 the fbi and other kgb mm. and <laughs> other I don't know if the KGB says this too. <laughs> but I understand. I just uh, chuckled when yeah. I thought about the... Do you, do you understand? Um, at the level of professionalism, mm. work at that level of professionalism and not subject themselves to the whims and caprice of politicians, Nigerian politicians for that matter, who politicize everything, who religion, religionize everything, who ethnicize every issue. Majority of Nigerian politicians are actually nepotic individuals who have no business, who should have no business with leadership. If we had the things right. But unfortunately, these are the people that appoint the, the leadership of the DSS. Mm. And no matter how professional a security agency or an organization is, it is subject to the performance level of the head. Mm. They will only do well to the extent the head wants them to do. Even if you have all the knowledge in the world and you want to deploy, you just take one memo to assign you to wherever, and that, that's the end of it. So it's Khan right here. I think Khan is right. By saying, don't just come and give us all these uh, Elta, Skelta, Skelta, Elta, mm. um, um, fab, uh, no, 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 uh, warnings. Let's see what you have done. Let, if it's possible, let's have the information. Let's see what you have arrested. Let's see who you have prosecuted. Do you understand? The DSS in this age is not the NSO of the Buari, the Rafindadi days. It's totally different. Even even the uh, security agencies in America, UK, have, have moved into the future. They are not at this moment. They have left the past. They have gone to today. They have gone into the future already. Where are we? Are we today or are we in the past? Ah. Well, okay. You see, there's something that when you ask me, I will just laugh. You ask me where we are today or in the future. I just compare us to NSO. Maybe you don't even know the NSO. You don't know who the Rafin Daddy was. You don't know all those things. So, I still think we are in the past of the NSO. The, uh, no, I mean, I'll answer you. Do you understand? So, in my opinion, <coughs> the DSS needs to do more than just writing reports, 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 reports. Let's see them proactive uh, prevention of crime, particularly this one that have ethnic political coloration, where the police may not have the required intelligence to even know that this is, uh, this is happening. We, we, it's, not, it's not a party that they want us, mm. but let, they, they should do more. They should show to us that they are not subjected to the whims and caprices of Nigerian politicians who are the presidents and governors and national assembly people, but they work professional. Mm. They are professionals and they work professionally to give us the results. Very nicely said. <coughs> Let's move away from that story. The next one we're tracking is still on the Punch newspaper this morning and the heading reads, Reps query 5 billion naira import duty waiver to Chinese company. The House of Representatives Committee on Public Accounts has queried the duty waiver granted a Chinese company, China Harbor, valued at 5 billion naira, to import construction materials. The committee specifically expressed dissatisfaction that a Chinese firm was given such an opportunity despite the fact that Nigeria had multi-billion dollar loans to repay China. Chairman of the committee, Waleoke, spoke at an investigative hearing on Wednesday based on an audit query issued against the Nigeria Customs Service by the Office of the Auditor General of the Federation. 
Okay, condemned the complacency of the various regulatory agencies that approved such waivers, allegedly in breach of due process and extant financial regulations, which he said had caused the country a huge loss of revenue. The lawmaker further condemned what he called flagrant, flagrant breach of various policies and regulations guiding the waivers and capital allowances granted to some multinational companies and public quoted companies between 2014 and 2020. The committee consequently directed the Minister of Industry, Trade and Investment, Niyadi Bayo, to provide evidence of the capital allowance certificates granted to over 600,000 companies and other relevant documents during the period under review. Oke quoted the query by the Auditor General as expressing concern over the depletion of revenue accruing to the Federation account, which he said was nurse diving. He added, and they, OAUGF, asked us why we, we were not filing the revenue profile of customs. They said it should be audited. That is why they said, and so, we called customs and customs came and presented the list. There are a lot of things like tax avoidance. Tax avoidance is, a, is lawful, but we are only checking the abuses. That is what we are doing in a situation where you are based in Nigeria, import from France, for example, and the documents emanate from Mauritius. Okay, further said, some multinational companies indulge in the abuse of tax avoidance and transfer service schemes, and they use that to undermine revenue generation in Nigeria. Some of these companies float subsidiaries in tax haven countries, and some of these companies are 100% owned by them, so they operate through their subsidiaries. The prices at which they buy from the manufacturers are not what is contained in the shipping documents. By so doing, they can even cut down 50% of duty that they ought to have paid to Nigeria. That is the issue the Auditor General is raising. That collections by Nigerian Customs, by FIRS, remittance by DPR and NNPC is nose diving and that we should check it. Track the rest of the story from the Punch newspaper. The heading reads, Reps query 5 billion era import duty waiver to Chinese company. <laughs> yes, <clears throat> it has always been like that. Yeah, we always hear of waiver, waiver, waiver. And um, the moment there's a discretionary power that you have, and there, there, are, there are no guidelines. Maybe there are guidelines, and those guidelines are shrouded in secrecy and mystery. And only the persons who have such powers know why they can use it. And uh, it's not an open power. Then it should be subject to abuse because it's very simple. It's just like okay, we'll give you a waiver. Go and bring half of the money, or they even give you half of the money ahead and give them the waiver. So who authorizes the waiver? <coughs> who approves the waiver? Is it the DG of the Custom Service who will actually lend his um, very a very honest person with integrity is it from the ministry is it of interior affairs is it from the leadership of the customs services is it from the presidency Ooh, i think they need to do more let us have the information when you talk of remittances dropping i mean usually it's not always remittances dropping it's usually that what they are crediting the government is reducing mm. not that the money inflow is not coming but rather, uh, there has been maybe a pipe, a conduit pipe has been created to take away part of the money. So I think the House of Rep is doing well here, but they should do more and they should get to the roots of this matter. And it should not be a case of the, when they also call them behind and then it will end there. Um, the Nigerian economy, the average businessman in Nigeria, one of my friends who imports vehicles to sell was complaining to me how much they have to pay even within their papa wharf. Mm. What, uh, why is it keeps going up and up and up, even costs. You know, a lot of logistics issues that they have, that is not their fault, but they have to pay. Eventually, the mortgage enters because of the uh, turnaround, low turnaround time 
of the custom services and all, all other agencies at that, at that level. And I know that since 1999, from the time of President Solution, he has done a lot of work on this issue of um, the of the pots uh, the authority. authority and the likes. But have we reached where we should be? Look, let's compare our parts with other parts in other parts of the world. Are we where we are supposed to be? We are the giants of Africa. Are we actually other other countries that have ports? Is this how they run their ports? Is this how they they, they give, issue waivers and, and the likes? We need to adopt for everything we want to do a, a standard global world uh, world practice. We should align with it at all times. We should make it our watchword. We should not be satisfied that we are giants of Africa, but when it comes to issue where we should lead, then we are far behind. I think we need to do more, particularly when it has to do with income generation. At a time like this, where the government is virtually borrowing for every of its activity, mm. because what it's making internally is not enough to do what it needs to do about infrastructure. Very sad news indeed. Um, Akim Karima said it all. It's 7.16 on the clock on Fresh 107.9 FM at Belkuta. We're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, we'll track some more stories for you and open up the studio lines. But in the meantime, you can drop comments on Twitter at Fresh FM at Belkuta. We'll be right back. But don't you find that? When they talk about find out that remedy, they laugh for where we did. Because to find the easy for me. I wonder that is what we say, easy way for me. Now licking my NIN to my glow line. Hey, don't tell me, bro. I feel just first to pick up my phone. Go use the USSD code. By Dalista 109 star, my NIN hash. Ah, uh, quickly. I go just text my NIN to 109. I feel also visit glowworld.com slash NIN on top my super fast internet. If I come to the area where we say, Glow world near me. Now just walk and enter. And if you don't forget your NIN, that star 346 hash, you don't get them back. So people there, they call the ask question. Hey, we don't call register for NIN. Don't worry yourself. Just walk and enter any nearest glow world. No let them disconnect you from all their messy voice and data offers where they inside glow. Linking your NIN. They're safe. And it's 100% free with zero wahala. Glow, grandmasters of data. <laughs> Academy Suite Telephone 0817 Academy Suite Home away from home You're listening to 107.9 Fresh FM
7.20 on the clock on Fresh 107.9 FM at Belkota. Welcome back to Freshly Pressed. We're tracking stories for you from newspapers across the country and around the world. And the next story I have for you comes out of the Punch newspaper. And this one was trending yesterday across all the major papers in the country. And the heading reads, Mob beats man to a pulp for allegedly raping lady. A yet-to-be-identified identified man was almost lynched by residents of Akure Undo State on Wednesday for allegedly raping a lady. The suspect was also alleged to have plucked out the woman's eyes. The details of how the man perpetrated the act were still sketchy as both the suspect and the victim were reported to be receiving treatment in a hospital. Punch Metro gathered that a resident of Uluatui area of Akure caught the suspect in the act and raised the alarm as residents thronged the scene. The mob was seen to have beaten him to a pulp. A witness who did not want to be identified said when he was caught, people asked him questions, but he was speaking in Hausa. He could not even say his name or where he came from. The witness said the timely arrival and intervention of the police prevented the suspect from being set ablaze by the mob. A video clip seen by correspondents showed the suspect tied with a rope while the mob beat him with planks and slippers. The victim who had different bruises on her body lay unconscious on the floor. When contacted, the State Police Public Relations Officer, Mr. T. Leo Ikoro, said the suspect was from the Thieve area of Benway State. Ikoro said he would have been killed on the spot by the mob. We can't say if he raped the lady until a doctor proves that. The lady has some bruises on her head and both of them were unconscious when the police got there. I have spoken to the lady and the suspect and they are in stable condition. We're investigating the matter, but we're trying to allow the suspect to be stable so he can say more. The victim's eyes were not plucked. The two eyes are okay, and the lady only has bruises on the head and a cut also on the head. And that's the story according to the Punch newspaper. Mob allegedly beats man to a pulp for raping. Mob beats man to a pulp for allegedly raping a lady. I would have asked you to say that five times. <laughs> <laughs> because it's, it's, it's same, like a tongue twister. Uh, Mob beats man to a pulp for allegedly But then we have to be woman. careful. So someone, someone will say Hakim was insensitive to a woman that was beaten or raped. Or, or raped. Or, no, know, not in this instance. People can be funny. Yeah, but right. then the point of the matter is that um, I, think, I, I don't know. You see, I when saw they, the video. When, I don't when, know if you saw the videos no, circulating on Twitter. No, me, I don't watch videos. When I see those videos, uh, one, I don't have the time to watch five minutes, ten minutes videos. I rather prefer to read and chat with other people. And now the issue is this. When they talk about jungle justice, yes, I, Akim Karim, I'm vehemently against jungle justice. I'm vehemently against uh, people having to take the laws into their hands. But uh, the people who do this, what we call jungle justice, even for the police, the guy will have been burnt, mm. whether he was guilty or innocent. And uh, that's why my appeal to people is that you never know the, who was actually guilty. Even if you say the, because the judicial processes are slow, cumbersome, do not give results in time, or that some agree that they will give a, 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 a B to Alari, that you want to put law into your hand, just be mindful that one day you may be at the receiving hand. Let me give you a story in Ibadan. They told me this story of a woman, an old woman, that was going with a grandchild. Do you understand? Just after that answers issues, she was going with her grandchild, and some people stopped that. Mama, this uh, this child looks too elderly, too neat for you. You are so look agad looking that apparently she you, she must have kidnapped, kidnapped the, child. the child. And you know that they were almost burning that woman. Wow! So and until the policeman, the guy, who, the police guy who works in our office, got there and said, ah, "This mama said this is the house. Let's follow her there first. Find out. They are already putting her in her neck. Oh. They put the boy aside. That we will take you to ministry. 
you understand? But the the, the, the man, policeman volunteered to wait in because he, he sensed they say he said that the woman was innocent. But these were not even ready to listen. He was a trained police officer mm. that was trained to whether guilty or innocent. He must go to police station first. So he now went with them. He didn't go to the station. They went to the woman's house. To go and what, confirm. And the child said, ah, mama, I want me call. So it was, it was actually the, the daughter who gave the child, the child to take to somewhere and I'll uh, come back later. And if that policeman had not been there, that woman would have been burnt. And, you know, that would have been the end. And nobody would have been brought to justice. Nobody would have been brought to book for this. So, in the sense of what we think people have done, we should never resort to jungle justice. That is not the way to go. It's a bad thing that anybody can decide to rape anybody, then injure in a way to think that they have plucked out their eyes. But then, in my considered view, people should learn to calm down. Where they should not vent the, 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 their emotion. They should not vent their anger mm. on every situation. Mm. The economic situation uh, people are going through, a lot of people who even work, who have salaries, are managing to make ends meet. Do you understand? So, when you now say, ah, no, that is not the approach. We never build a safe society that way. We never build a safe. And the unfortunate part is, innocent victim people innocent people always fall victims to this mm. and we'll be so we'll get to the stage that the Nigerian nation that has been described by a jungle somebody I know like 10 years ago will now be a super jungle we should never get to that state of lawlessness where jungle justice is the order of the day Irrespective of what we think that person has done Irrespective of whether we feel that the judicial process will not nail him even if we feel he's guilty let's leave him to his creator let's not uh, bring the laws into our hands by burning people by cutting them down and all these likes it just isn't good enough and you know as Hakim Karim said and we can never be in a same society if we behave like that Shei Makinde said recently we can't fight criminality with criminality so we have to learn to do better and I understand that sometimes tensions are high you're passionate you're angry and you just want to you know solve the problem but no, you're like, only creating you know more problems and now you are a criminal do you know the of it? Those who perpetrate jungle justice at times are worse than the offenders. Person. Yeah, I agree. At times, it's even kidnappers mm. who lead that. Hey, this is a kidnapper, or a pickpocket has stolen somebody's phone. That will alert you know so that the attention. And so, so, somebody has stolen somebody's phone. Maybe it's an arm robber who will not be beating pickpockets. So that is that is a challenge. That is a real challenge. Very sad indeed. Let's move away from Akure, taking you to Zamfara State right now. Ah, Shegumi <laughs> visits Zamfara bandits in forest, appeals for peace. A renowned Islamic scholar, Sheikh Dr. Ahmed Abubakar Mahmoud Gumi on Thursday visited some bandits in the forests of Shinkafi and Gumi local government areas of Zamfara State. It was gathered that Gumi's visit to the camps was spread to the was to spread the message of Islam and peace to the Fulani herdsmen and rid the country of kidnappings and banditry. Gumi and his entourage were said to have first gone to the forest of Tubali and Makai in Shinkafi local government area, which were under the control of armed Fulani herdsmen. At the first settlement in Tubali forest, Gumi was said to have met with about 150 armed Fulanis who expressed their grievances and why it would be difficult for them to surrender their arms. The chairman of Shinkafi Council reportedly said before the peace agreement with the bandits, there were frequent and rampant cases of kidnappings on Shinkafi Guso Road, while instances of frequent attacks with heavy casualties were rampant, adding that presently the council had spent seven months without a single attack. The bandit's commander, identified simply as Bello, said, 
Let the killings of our loved ones by security agents without due process of the law stop, as well as cattle rustling that denied most of our legitimate that that denied most of us legitimate means of livelihood. At Makai Forest, Gumi and his entourage met with more than six hundred bandits with automatic rifles. Their top commander, one Kachala Turuji, welcomed the shake. Like in Tubali, the bandits in Makai expressed frustration at government attitude towards them. Gumi said, let there be peace. You all have a legitimate concern and grievances. And I believe that since the Niger Delta armed militants were integrated by the federal government and are even in the business of pipeline protection, the federal government should immediately look into how something like that will be done to the full and need to provide them a reasonable means of livelihood, including jobs, working capitals, entrepreneurship, training, building clinic and school. And that's the story according to the Punch newspaper. The heading reads, Shegumi visits Zamfara bandits in forest appeals for peace. So he visited two forests in particular, um, Tubali and Makai, both in Shinkafi local government areas. In Tubali forest, he met with 150 armed Fulanese and he got to talk to their leader, um, who simply goes by the name Bello. And in Makai, he met with 600 bandits with automatic rifles and got to speak to their commander, one Kachala Turji, who welcomed the sheikh. And now the sheikh is suggesting that, you know, we should let there be peace. And he's saying that if the government could um, set up the amnesty program for Niger Delta militants and hire them as um, pipeline protection workers, then the government should look into what they can do to empower um, the Fulani herdsmen in these forests that he visited. I mean, that's 750 potential suspects, as far as I'm concerned, that the that, Nigerian uh, well, police maybe, and maybe, security maybe, agents maybe, should... Maybe one-tenth of their actual size. Yes. If, yeah. Well, I'm sure they will all be stupid enough... To come all to, out, to come uh, and meet him. Uh, you know, and uh, maybe there are actually uh, many of those cells in, in that single forest. Maybe what, we are, what the Gumi, the Gumi actually met with is just... Uh, one percent of the actual strength, the tip of the iceberg, you know, that um, that they, they are even ready to say, okay, even if you betray us, these people can go, but then they have more backup <coughs> reinforcement. <coughs> I wanted to state something before you make your contribution so you can add what I'm about to say to your contribution. Not that, not you, that these bandits are complaining that they're tired of cattle rustling, which has deprived them of a legit means of you know livelihood, okay. In the same region, we have terrorists. In the same region, we have bandits. In the same region, Cats we have cattle rustlers. Who are the rustlers? Who are the bandits? Who are the terrorists? Are they all one and the same? No, and no. And perhaps different factions. Yeah, so, like, say, yeah. I'm a faction of terrorists and I'm stealing the cattle of this other faction. No, they, they are just gangs. They are just gangs. Um, last week, when I had another uh, on perspectives, I was meant to have Professor Albert's. Uh, a peace and conflict expert from the University of Ibadan. When he couldn't make it, I tried to get uh, Dr. Danjibu, <coughs> peace and conflict expert. I remember Dr. Danjibu earlier told me like two years ago that uh, what we have here, the cattle elder uh, farmer issue we have here, mm. is the opposite that's happening there. He's a minority wrestlers uh, uh, that are dealing with headsmen in parts of Zamfara. And now those minorities have actually now become the uh, they are passive, min- they are active minority, uh, but but they have sponsors. They are into mining. They have a lot of things. So it's it's very complex, complex, very intricate. It's not something we can just discuss with within here. But the most important thing is that, irrespective of the source, it's the criminality. Yes. It is criminality. And now, in my opinion, uh, Shegumi uh, was not ele- he's not was not an elected officer. No, yeah, he has done his part leader. as a person who is concerned. He has done his part because. Uh, 
he knows that the process of ensuring peace and stability in this society it cannot be done by legislation cannot be done by fiat but it can be by carrot and stick now he has suffered the carrots he has also suggested in his own wisdom rightly or wrongly that they should be granted amnesty he has also suggested in his own wisdom that if the united delta militants could be granted amnesty why not these ones too but then most of they do forget that the united delta people the agitators are actually for have an ideology an ideology of that these are our resources that you are you are taking that is not giving anything back to us but what's the resource we are talking about here a private business do you understand non-natural resources then it's a complex issue that I do not want to be drawn into the controversy because for one you and i know that in other parts of the world people in government the pentagon meets with the taliban many times but maybe is uh, they have they have a way of keeping it out of the view of the press for life but here every time a governor goes into the bush to make he goes with cameras so you now really wonder these people if you have before you can get to them you must have an intercessor who is ready for you to come Mm. so that means that that intercessor can also make them come somewhere outside of the forest Mm. or maybe because they believe the fortress is their the forest is their fortress and you must come there it's not compulsory all these things are in the media Mm. if you are doing a lot of things for peace you could be done silently and get get the results. The result is what matters. When you now refer to it, nobody will query you. Mm. But then I will not blame Shegun because he was not he's not an elected person. But I'm still disappointed that the likes of Governor Masari of Kassina State has to go openly to the bush to appeal. But I will not blame him. He's a man of about sixty years. If what he's seen, the way his people are being killed and maimed, they pushed him to that level mm. to rescue his people. You cannot blame him. But then, as a nation, we should still be bothered about our level of insecurity. That it seems that we are now so helpless that the people that we should be pursuing and sending out in droves into, into fire are the people now giving us the condition for peace. So we are having the peace now on the terms, not on the terms of the government, not on the terms of the lawful and abiding citizens of the government, of the, of the nation, but on the terms and conditions of the aggressors. Hmm. That is, and that, what does that do to other people? It weakens the people who are le- who do things legally. Mm. It weakens you and high. And it, 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 it creates an, it demoralizes uh, me. resentment How? in other groups that might now spring up. They will. Hmm. That, that, that is it. If the aggressors are the people that determine the terms and conditions for peace, no. It should never be. But fortunately, that's the reality we are in. And what does that do? If now you are not comparing the bandits who are actually armed robbers in a way hmm. to the Delta militants who also have issues with them. But they have an ideological issue, environmental issue that this is what's happening. These are resources that you are using to build other parts of the country. These resources are not being allocated fairly and properly. Do you understand? But now, we are now comparing apples and oranges because they are both fruits. Hmm. But then, in the recent, is an apple and orange? Yeah. It's, a, it's an orange and an apple. apple. We'll leave that question open. We'll leave you to think about that. We're going to track one last story before I open up the studio lines tonight, um, this morning. And the heading of this story is coming from the international scene. It comes out of France and it reads, French police break up orgy involving 100 people for breaching COVID rules. French police broke up a warehouse orgy involving 100 people last night in Paris because it breached COVID-19 regulations. Officers raided the Lovin at Collegian, a Paris suburb, on Friday night following reports of men and women meeting for a so-called libertine party. 
According to France Bleu, the participants in the orgy were slapped with fines for non-compliance with the curfew aimed at stopping the spread of COVID-19, which is currently in effect across France. The effect the event was in breach of the curfew and there was also problems with masks and social distancing, said an investigating source. Those involved in the Libertine Party cooperated with the police and there was no resistance to the police. Three people, believed to be organizers, were arrested soon after the 9pm raid. Local magistrates sitting in an emergency session granted permission for sound and lighting equipment to be confiscated along with alcohol. It was also recommended that attendees were provided with basic sex education as it relates to the spread of viruses. Orgies between consenting adults are legal in France, but the chance of contracting COVID-19 from an infected person during sex is almost guaranteed, says the Daily Mail. Coronavirus is transmitted through respiratory droplets, so kissing someone infected with it is a massive risk. Warehouse orgies generally involve people swapping partners or turning up alone to find new ones, so the dangers are multiplied. France is currently experiencing up to 20,000 new cases of coronavirus every day, prompting President Emmanuel Macron to contemplate a third lockdown. And that's the story coming out of France. French police break up orgy involving 100 people for breaking COVID rules. <laughs> COVID rules. Mm. And it's now in that line. In that line, though. <laughs> no. I don't know what they were thinking. I not mean, in the line of business. Not in the line of going to a church. For this person, it's business. They're organizers. There was probably some fee charged. For somebody, it was about making money. For the other hundred people that attended, you know what it was about. So they will go to quarantine for a few weeks now, Abby. <laughs> so they can be sure they don't have it. Exactly. But they, that, that's just it. You see, that, that, that that's their own. Now people are, are struggling in Nigeria, begging the Nigerian government, we don't want lockdown mm. so that the, our source of livelihood will not be stampeded. But this will formalize the economy so much that even if they don't go to work, even if there's a lockdown, the food gets delivered to them, they still continue their life. In the US, you know, all the packages that have been brought out. So I think uh, in Africa, probably Nigeria and the part of the other part of the world, we're actually in two different worlds. Two different worlds. They are in a world where they are perfected virtually everything to make life easy for them. And then they, they, their needs are not our own wants. Mm, mm. Their needs, what we need so for, for for sustenance, they already have them. So they take everything for granted. While we are still at the level of basic health, feeding, security and the likes, they have moved on. But I think it's a good one that the right actions was taken and so that we can move forward. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to open up the studio lines. The number is to dial. If you want to be part of the conversation this morning, 080-3322-1079-090-7800-1079. On Twitter, you can drop comments at FreshFM at Belkuta. But please don't forget to tag me at Rolly Bello. Once again, at FreshFM at Belkuta on Twitter. And tag me as well at Rolly Bello. Thank you very much. Hello, good morning. Yeah, Malaka, good morning. Good morning to you. What's your name, please, and where are you calling us Solomon from? With you. Hi, Mr. Solomon. Welcome you. from Lagos. Welcome, sir. Let's have I'm a conversation. I'm calling you from Lagos. Yes, sir. Welcome. Um, this morning, I want to react on two issues. Number one, she will go visit man bandit. Hmm. And I have said this time without number. In a country whereby you celebrate criminal more than those who are doing good, what do you expect? My dear sister, mm. in this country, 
when we give criminals, no matter what you want to say, I am entitled to my own opinion. When you give amnesty to militants, what are you encouraging? Mm. You are encouraging people to become militants in a country whereby you give pardon to court members. Mm. Not only in the north, it happened in Southwest here too. Mm. What are you encouraging? You are telling the younger ones to involve themselves in court when they do the wrong thing, you will pardon them. I want to ask you, Lola K and Akin, okay. Evan Case, what is happening? Look, hmm. I've been saying it for the past six, seven years. There are some people who are looking up to be like Mandela. There are some people who are looking up to be like Sif, Awolowo and the rest. Hmm. So also we have a lot of people who are looking up to be like Shakao hmm. and the rest. Look, we don't know what we are doing. Both the leader and the follower, we don't know what we are doing. You know, the court member in your area, you know them all. I've been saying it. The, the issue of court is in, in Southwest here. People are not taking it serious. Hmm. The ethnic leader, they are not talking about it. Akim, Stop. I know you based in you are in or your state. Majority of these uh, 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 insecurity in in Ojo presently, both Ojo and Ibadan, are these courts, are these hooligans? What are we doing about it in that West? We are easily talk about Fulanis, but the one that is very close to us, we just turn our eye and see it's not it's nothing. Then the second one, the issue of uh, the former president coming back. To, to contest in 2023. I want to advise the former president, let him forget his people. Look, what they are planning to do. You know, Jonathan have only one time. After his one time, the power will shift to the Lord. And I've been asking this attitude of uh, we are born to rule. What what are you have to show for him? I've been saying, I'm from Abeokuta. Hmm. Our son was there for good eight years. Abeokuta people, what do you benefit? Did Abeokuta compare Abeokuta to Niger State? Where yeah, we are two former presidents. Go and check what they do for their state. But it's not happening in Southwest yet. It is where we talk. So let's look in what okay. all those voices, the way they are area, where they become the member, speak out. Thank you very Thank you. much, sir. Thank you, Mr. Solomon. You are appreciated for your contribution this morning. On Twitter, you can find us at Fresh FM Abelkuta. Don't forget to tag at Rolly Bello. The numbers to dial 080-3322-1079-090-7800-1079. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning, uh, Mr. Rolake and uh, Mr. Karim. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome, Mr. Falarin. Yeah, I just want to... Yeah, I want to have my take on the two issues. Uh, first of all, the DSS, you know, giving us the national alert, mm. the internal. I think uh, if that kind of situation, the other clan, the internal, if they want to have that kind of a want to us, they will even tell us, you know, much about their own deployment too, of their men, you know, in order to contain this guy, uh, their alert, the internal. It shouldn't be like, okay, you people should be on the on the note too, that okay something like this is going to happen you, you know if you see anything like that they should do more too they should at, at least we have a squadron uh, uh what's it called the patrol of uh, all these mobile police we don't see them again they should do something like you know something that has happened even without this uh country that is 
the people that we collected, I mean, that, that received our independence, even they started it, we should go back to our drawing board. That's about that. Uh, to that, uh, Sheru, you know, making a kind of uh, a preach or whatever. So I, I think this is, this is just a thing. You, you can't stop asking him. Because the fact remains that if that kind of person can be able to talk to that person, I mean, to the group of people like that, he was supposed to know how to, you know, calm them down too, to do some other things. Not really, you know, asking or making requests for them. This, I know, this will happen. This, that, Ruga, stuff, you know, this kind of thing will follow. That is the point. We will still go to that Ruga. They should, they should sit down on that Ruga and sort it out. That's the point. Thank you. Good Thank morning. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Falari. Well, I appreciate you for your contribution. <laughs> yes, the numbers to dial are 08033221079090780 Hello, good morning. Hello, good, good morning. morning. Yes, good morning. Your name, please, and where are you calling from? Uh, my name is Yemi uh, Jones, calling from uh, Obada. Nice to have you on the show, sir. Welcome. Let's have your contribution. On current uh, hmm. to me, as far as insecurity is concerned in this country, current this morning I said what is right and normal. When we talk of kidnapping, badgetry, planning asmen and farmers clash, and all other criminalities going on in this country, we always call on the military. What are the rules of DSS, police, civil defense so far? I believe they are for internal defense, while the military are for external aggression. When we talk of intelligence, to combat insecurity. I believe there should be synergy among the security agencies in order to secure the conducive society to live in. No wonder people are complaining that the military men are being of a threat. We shouldn't be so. Let us know their rules. Good morning. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. We appreciate you and your contribution. The numbers remain the same. 80 1079 Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning, Ralaka. Good morning to you. Your name, please, and where morning, are you calling from today? Good morning, sir. This is Olisola uh, from Alfred Estate in Ara. Nice to have you on the show. Welcome. Let's have your contribution, sir. Um, my contribution to this always uh, is that we as Nigerians, we, we don't have vision at all. There's nothing like vision. We lost it. And even that 1999 constitution is giving us a, is giving us a kind of big problem. In this nation, we in the next five years, hmm. we cannot pinpoint what we have because we are uh, we are sitting on a we are sitting on a uh, what I on a bomb shirt that is said about to explode. I don't know. This nation we we are not doing what we ought to do, and our uh, the so-called leaders they. They, they behave as hooligans. We don't know. Uh, they don't. They don't have the kind of 
mind that this nation we are living together and there's no security for them as well if they are not doing what they ought to do. Mm. There's no security for anybody anywhere. If uh, if uh, security matter is not put at the top of of uh, of the, our minds, mm. it's, it's nothing to write home about. Okay. And one thing I just know is that our, uh, our Southwestern leaders have mm. lost it. They don't uphold the legacy of Baba Awulawo, hmm. and that is what we are seeing here. They don't uphold the, the man's legacy. We know how Southwest is built in the past. We are not born yet, but we we, we can see the uh, footmark, the footprint. I mean, we can see the footprint all around. All these people now, when they when they go, there's no footprint to. To, to, to see there's no legacy to lay hold on okay and it's uh, that's my own short contribution thank you very much sir we appreciate you and your contribution on twitter edo a abayomi says the bandits who ordinarily should be under fire in their hideouts by the military may now enjoy amnesty and rehabilitation i pity i pity the national press about to be further depleted and most importantly the men of the armed forces commissioned to fight this battle hello good morning good morning Rolakadilu. i'm kyle from Zero eight zero thirty three twenty two ten seven nine zero nine zero seven eight hundred ten seven nine. If you can call us back, please do so. Hello, good morning. Hello. Yes. Hello there. Good morning. Good morning, Rolake and Akin. Good morning, sir. Good morning, sir. Yes. Your name, please, yes. and your location. Engineer Falabi, I'm calling from Songo. Nice to have you on the show. Welcome, sir. Let's have a Yes. Let me let somebody know that. When you are struggling hmm. without subject, it amounts to suicide. But when the Nigeria we, we are struggling, they have subject of struggling. Hmm. Let me tell you, Mandela have militants during the time of his struggle. Indeed. Let that somebody go and read the history. That was led, what led him to be jailed for life jail. Hmm. So there is no struggle without militancy. Having said this. I think we should treat the matters arising. We have treated matters of uh, the cultists in the time of uh, Baba Obasanjo, and at least we have we have nailed them to a, to, a, to a level. But the matters arising now is these S men. Let let us use the same mouth to treat it. Are, are we the same person that is talking here that has that has speaking in, in the east? In the north, in the, in the, in the, in the middle, no, no, not. What are we talking? Somebody should not come on here to, to, to be an advocacy for, for, for one uh, kind of because of politics. Let us put politics apart. The elite of the northern have cheated these children. When they burn them, they just throw them away without training them. They just tell them, go and look for a way to settle. And we must stop it in Nigeria. Hmm. Good morning. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for your contribution on the show today. I guess that's something that you know a lot of us don't actually talk about when we talk about the state of insecurity in the country, um, the state of underdevelopment uh, in the north of the of this country, and how if that's the case in any other part of the world, it will cause 
unrest it will cause insecurity to create criminality because there isn't development um education poor um infrastructure few and far between um opportunities very limited at what point did the leadership of the north start taking responsibility for part of the situations that have you know <coughs> that have arisen you have raised very cogent questions um last week on my show perspectives mm. the person I had on the show insisted that what we call insecurity today is just a product of poverty mm. abject poverty yes. bad governance bad leadership lack of infrastructure illiteracy a whole lot of negative things that when people say nigeria is a jungle that's these are the indices that they add up together mm. and when you look at these things why why is the out of school children in the whole world a significant proportion is in nigeria yeah. And a significant proportion of that number in Nigeria is from northern Nigeria. Mm. Do you understand? And unfortunately, this is a region that's held on to the reins of power more than any other any other region. This is a region that, despite that, they produce little to the national uh, uh, na- national post, take the biggest humongous amount on the basis of land mass, mm. on the basis of a population that is always flo- uh, a sensor that is always flawed. Yet, these are the people that live virtually in abject poverty. The, the poverty index in some parts of the north is even worse than the national poverty level mm. in Nigeria. So, the leadership of the north, particularly Sheogumi, Herufai, the Sultan of Sokoto, a lot of them have an equivalent task. That even when we are talking of insecurity in Nigeria, poverty in Nigeria, that is a that is on a phenomenal level mm. that needs to be addressed. And unless and until they address it by themselves, whether they be old presidency, the, pres- the, the, the presidency coming to the north will only suffice and be useful and bene- beneficial only to the elites of, of the, the north. north. And it, it goes back, it goes way back, you know, to before colonization and, and even only to the elites of the north and not the people. It's also about the way this, the system in the north works as well. It's quite different from how things work in the southwest of the country. But I doubt that we have enough time to go back into no, the appa- history apparently of not, Nigeria. Not, not, <laughs> not, not on the, the time like this. Hello, good morning. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Well, okay. Yes. I'm Kaudi from Abekuta. Um, I preach uh, again. Um, you see, what I want that? to go into the issue of the DSS to determine that issue. You see, these people love to write reports. It's good for them writing reports. But I want to ask them, they should begin to trace it back to the uh, how the nation has gotten to this level of deterioration. Because if we have up to now, not hearing from the office mouth, have they written any reports concerning that why we are not hearing from the office mouth? You should know the office mouth if uh, anything at all. We are those genuine leaders. Have they, have they started talking? Number one man in this night in this country. When has this talked last? I want to know before I go and move forward. But then, if there's not going to be any uh, answer to that for now, I think I want to give it to Shanice, the CA, and uh, the can that have been talking. Even the uh, man in the Badon, the, the Sunday go. Where are others who are willing to take responsibility like these people? Look at this man. He went into the bush, Gumi, for that matter. And you discover that he met with 151, um, or something like that. If you can imagine what is happening to this nation. If some people are keeping him, 
somewhere in the forest and you are mopping up arms within the uh, inside the town and cities and you let those people in the forest what kind of danger have you put your people into i am asking the office mouth now i think mr buari should answer this question because we cannot continue to be reading reports that uh, there are certain set of people who wanted to cause some Wait, what what how, how much of energy time and coordination you people have been able to put to deploy into all this before now so that these people will not go ahead to continue to perpetrate evils and not people will not be able to travel from Abekuta to Akure any longer. How much? So I think there's an obvious vacuum of quality effective leader now, which I think I've been raising for a long time. We need to go into the knowledge of 21st century technology. How much have you been able to buy equipment to the DSS? You, the government, you, the political leaders. But what you are after is 2023. You are not interested in the people you claim you are serving, you, 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 you came to serve. It's quite embarrassing that we are in this kind of mess. But I will still give it to Gumi. I will still give it to the Khan. I will still give it to the Sunday Bulls. Let me tell you, they are the one making us to realize that it's like a big failure in the hands of Buari. Thank you very much. Thank you for your contribution. You are appreciated on the show this morning. We're out of time. It's 7.57. Um, so, last words as quick as you can, Hakim. Yes, let's continue to adhere to the coronavirus uh, protocols. Yes, do not forget, as Hakim Karim said, your face mask, your nose coverings. If you are going to go out and about today, this weekend, to large gatherings, do not forget social distancing. This is Fresh 107.9 FM at Belkota. My name is Rola Kimbello Oderindi, and I was joined by Hakim Karim. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Hearing the best makes you feel your best.